Hey Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking. But the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self-taught home-based baker myself who's built a thriving business making a full-time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. Hey there, Baker. It's Brett, and I am so excited to announce that the one and only Business School for Bakers is now open, and you can join and get everything you need to build your business from the ground up to success faster than I did. (laughs) And you get to skip ahead like three to five years on the learning curve. And I want to tell you a little bit more about the Business School, and then I'm going to share with you a little snippet of a coaching session I did where we dove into the foundations of business and the recipe for success. And then we talked about the business school. So let me tell you a little bit more about it before we jump into that. So when you enroll in the business school for bakers, it's a one-time purchase and then you have access to that content for life. It never disappears. You're able to go at your own pace, access content as needed, and you could also just start at the beginning of the modules and go through step by step by step. I've built the program so that chronologically it builds the foundations that you need little by little from level one all the way up to, you know, the the nitty gritty expertise that you need to really refine your business. So once you get in, it's laid out in modules And you're able to access stuff about business planning, about home bakery production, about business legals and marketing and pricing and customer service finance management. I go through every single little bit of these. It's full of video lessons and courses, ebooks, guides, templates. My goal with this program is to set you up for ultimate success that you have everything you need in one place to actually hit your goals with your business, to actually have the income that you want, to take control of your schedule, your life, your creativity, because I was given that gift as a stay-at-home mom of two. I've been able to run my business and not have to leave the house and go get a job. I'm able to do what I love and feel like I'm in control of it. I don't have to sacrifice my love for being in the kitchen because now it's a business. And that is exactly what I want for you. My goal is to bring every other baker along with me that I can. Success is here for everyone. And that is what the Business School for Bakers will do for you. When you enroll in the Business School for Bakers, you also get access to a student support group where I am there, I'm answering questions, giving feedback, 
And every once in a while, we'll be hosting little live coaching sessions just for the students of the business school. So we can check in and see how you're doing and work through any sticky spots that you're finding. It literally is this beautiful gift to yourself and your business that will keep on giving as I continue to add content and as you are able to connect with the bakers in that group. Literally, it's probably worth over $1,000. But if you want to get in, enrollment is only $297. That's a one-time payment. So it's not like a monthly reoccurring fee. And once you pay, you're in for life and you get access to everything instantly. Go ahead and check it out. The link is in the show notes. You can also access it from my Instagram page, The Out of Home Baker. If you have any questions, please DM me. I'm happy to answer and walk you through it. But definitely don't wait. Don't put it off any longer. This is an investment that's going to come back so fast as you start to implement and take action on the things that you're learning. And myself as a baker and with my business, there's always two ways that I know if something is a good investment. It either connects me with potential customers so that, you know, people are buying and then I could easily see that return on the investment, or it frees up my time so much that I'm able to focus on other aspects of growing my business and getting customers. And the Business School for Bakers happens to do both because I teach you how to get more customers in the door, how to connect with the right people, how to build your brand so that it's easy for customers to trust you and pay you. And then I save you so much time. The business school is built to basically transport you years ahead in your business so that you don't have to learn everything on your own by trial and error. You get to show up immediately as a professional and feeling like you know where this is going and not like your business is just taking you for a ride. It's set up to really help you have control now and free up your time so that you can focus on the parts that you really love, like being in the kitchen and creating and serving your customers to the best of your ability. So jump on into the Business School of Bakers. I'm waiting inside for you. Again, you can find the link for that registration page and to get more information just down in the show notes or on my Instagram page at the out-of-home baker. Now I'm so excited to share with you this little coaching session that we had. It was such a fun night. There was so much good energy and I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a listen. I'm so excited to have you guys here. It's funny because I've been doing a lot of coaching sessions um, with other companies. I've done stuff with Cast Iron. If you've been on the Cast Iron coaching that I've done, um, I've done collaborations with people, but I haven't hosted my own coaching session for a good while now. And it's just so nice and refreshing to be here with all of you. I love you all. You are my people and there is room for all of you here. I'm so glad that you're all here. Your communities need you. The people you serve, they need you. And I'm just so happy you're here to help you be able to do that in the best possible way and to really fulfill this dream that you have of running a baking business and being successful at it. Because honestly, the success is available to all of you. I don't care where you are in the world. I don't care what barriers you feel like you have, what things you feel like stand in your way. You guys are all standing right there at the edge and success is just like right here. And I I can't wait to help you overcome those barriers and just kind of leap over those fences and so many of them are just in our own minds and so we're going to talk about that tonight and first I want to ask you guys how like pop in the chat I want I want to know how many years have you all been baking 
or how many years have you been in, in business? Some of you maybe haven't started a business yet, but how many years have you been doing this? I just kind of want to see, open up the chat. There we go. Well, I see one, Kim says one. I see four, one, one, six, Rachel. Open this past January, that's Stacy. Ingrid's been doing it for 12 years, Brittany for 10. I see a couple tens. That's awesome. I love seeing just, we're all at so many different points in our journeys. And I, I want, I'm curious when you see other people and how long they like, say you've been in this for one year or two years and you see someone who's been in it for 10 years, does that make your stomach drop a little bit? Do you ever feel like that? Like when you see where other people are in their businesses, you almost feel like, like you just lost the race. Has anyone ever felt that? I love it. Lisa says that inspires her. That's awesome. I'm so glad. I wanted to bring your attention to that. Good. I'm glad that that makes me so happy because sometimes what happens is we see where other people are in their journey and we cannot help but compare. And I want to get that out of the way right now. I want to help you all see that you are in not even a race with anybody else. You're on your own journey. And wherever you are right now is literally exactly where you're supposed to be. You shouldn't expect yourself to be any farther ahead or any further behind. Like you really are exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's funny how sometimes we'll, we get on social media. That's the big one, right? We get on Instagram as bakers and we see somebody post who is miles and miles and miles away, not even in our same location, and we see what they're doing, like they have nothing to do with us. And yet we take this mental hit sometimes of like, crap, 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 crap. And we start to spiral and we start to self-sabotage. And so I want to get that out of the way right now and help you guys just know and feel and just appreciate wherever the heck you are on your journey right now. It is beautiful. It is right. It is so good. And you haven't missed out. You haven't missed your chance. Me and my husband were just talking about this with, especially with like celebrities and how so many of them didn't actually get their big breaks, didn't actually do their big thing until they were in like their forties and fifties. And like, it's so funny how we kind of subscribe in our culture and in our society today to this idea that you have to figure it out now and fast and it just is this funny little rat race that we have going in our minds. And in reality, it's not, it's like not even there. You put down your phone, you step outside, take a deep breath. None of it exists. Like you're just in your own beautiful space. And I want you to just own your journeys wherever you are there. This coaching session is meant for all of you, wherever you are. And the things we're going to learn will help you no matter what stage you're in. That is my intention. And most of you should know me. Um, my name is Brett. I am the out-of-home baker. Most of you came from my Instagram page tonight. Um, if anyone didn't, I just wanted to share a little bit about my story. And some of you have probably heard a bit of my story too. I've shared it on my podcast and I've shared it on Instagram before. It's one of my favorite things to share because, and I, I put it today on Instagram. I'm like, everybody starts 
in the same spot with zero skills, zero knowledge, and just kind of like a dream and a couple recipes in your pocket. And that was me. I had these small little sparks of like curiosity for the baking world. I had this small little passion for it. And I I started to just kind of play around when I was young, like a teenager. And then in my college years, I was studying food science, which I've, if you've ever heard me talk about food science, it is not pastry school by any means. It's like microbiology and physics and um, like food law, like all these kind of heavy science topics. Um, but I was really enjoying learning about food and I was working at the campus bakery. I was like, I like food. I really want to kind of do this baking thing. So I'm going to go work at the campus bakery. And I, you know, I was like enthralled that I was even going to be able to be in a bakery setting. And then I worked there for a year and a half, but it wasn't like, I didn't really learn how to pipe and decorate and stuff. I was literally kind of like the monkey worker picking up the bag of flour and dumping it in the mixer. And I got so dang buff that summer because I was lifting 50 pound bags of flour. Um, but I learned a lot about back-end production, even though I didn't get like a lot of those fine, like pastry chef kind of skills. I learned about how to mass produce cookies. I learned about how to store things. And it was like these small little inklings I started taking along the way from my food science, learning about food law and learning about ingredient lists and learning about production from the bakery. And then I started to teach myself how to cake decorate. I started taking on a few orders. I did my very, very first wedding cake for a cousin who was like, I think I might want to make my own cake and you like to bake. So let's make this work. And I was like, yeah. And so we did. And it was like the, it was the craziest adrenaline trip of my life doing this cake for the first time. Um, and so I, as I went along, you know, I kind of just picked things up as I went. And then there came this point where I, I had had my first baby and how many of you have kids out there? Because I have two now. And so I get you. I get what your life is like. <laughs> so I had my first baby. And I'm just, you know, the mom guilt trip that we go on. And I was just having this really hard time trying to reconcile being a mom, running a business. And I was also trying to make ends meet. At this time, my husband had switched careers completely. He had been working as an exhibit designer for an aquarium, and he entered into the education world and became a high school art teacher, which was such a great switch for our family. And it kind of left us thinking like, okay, we're going to have more kids. We want to buy a house eventually. And this... Um, this kind of like income path that we're on is not going to be super sustainable as we go forward. We're going to have to grow it some somehow. And as we were looking at that, I'm the one who has always managed our finances. So I was looking at that and just going like, okay, what can I do to make some more money? And at first I was like, yeah, I can bake. But then I, I like that mom guilt. Sorry. Sorry. Did I freeze for a sec? You guys, if I, here, let me pause for a sec. If I do freeze, if the connection goes bad or something weird like that, just know I'll send you another link. So just watch your email. I should have prefaced with that because technology always does whatever the heck it wants. So if for any reason our Zoom call ends here, 
it sometimes it can happen if it does i'll just send you another link so sorry about the the freezing for a sec um but i was trying to figure out how, how to make ends meet and i i just felt so i really couldn't go forward with my business yet it was so weird i had the mom guilt and i was like can i even make this work i didn't know what i was doing and so what did i i started to find any which way i could to make money i was doing transcription online for a company where they would send audio recordings and I would type them up and I would spend hours at the computer to make like ten dollars because you were just paid by the project and the faster you typed the, the more you could make and I was doing all the little receipt apps where you could submit your receipt and get rebates and be able to make a little bit of change there. And so I really wasn't, I was not doing much. And I even started to consider, I think I might go get an actual job. Like I'm going to have to get a job. Um, if we're gonna move forward as a family, if we're gonna support ourselves, I, I better go and get a nine to five job. What was so funny about that is that here I am dying with mom guilt about starting my own business and yet I'm totally comfortable with the idea of leaving the house for hours at a time to go and work for somebody else who pulls the strings. What is happening there? Like, have you ever felt that as a baker? Like, maybe I should just quit this and go get a real job, quote unquote. It's, it's so funny to me that that was, that felt like a safer, like, like the responsibility was taken off my shoulders. If somebody else was telling me I had to be somewhere, then then that's where I had to be. And so if I had to leave my kids, then fine. But working at home alongside my kids and, and being with them and making my own thing work, that wasn't okay. Like I just looking back, like, where is the logic there? What is this funny thing that we have built up in our minds about, about being a mom, about being a business owner, about being an employee, like how those all connect in our brain. I think we have a really funny mentality about what like morally what is right and wrong when in reality there there really isn't there isn't right or wrong there's just you making the best decisions you can and so I there I was thinking I'm gonna go to go get a job and I I went to my mother-in-law and was like hey this is what I'm thinking I'm gonna need babysitting um I think I might need you to watch the kids because I have to go get a job and she had the incredible incredible foresight to tell me, you know what, you've got a gift with this baking and this business that you have, you should really do that. Like, I think you're meant to do that. And thank goodness she said that because I was like, okay, you're right. And that was the one push I needed. And then I went full speed ahead and I never looked back. And that first, that first year in business, it was incredible how I remember starting, I pushed go on my website I got all my legals covered and made myself a logo and was like, I hope I can get one order. I hope I can get just one order from this and order after order after order came and came and came and never stopped. And it wasn't all smooth sailing. I remember that, excuse me, after that first year, I, I had worked hard in my mind I had been so successful I had done so many orders so many weddings so many birthdays I'd grown my portfolio my experience had grown I felt very confident as a baker in my business and then tax time came 
And I sat down to do my numbers and realized that I had averaged paying myself about $300 a month. And my heart kind of sank. And I was like, all that work for such a small payoff. So what do you think I did? What do you think I did after I saw that? What would you do? (laughs) What would you do if you saw that you were only making that much after all that work? What's, What's the answer? What do we do then? I think the temptation is to work harder, feel disappointed, look for a real job. Yeah. Raise your prices. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. The temptation is to just push yourself harder and harder. And sometimes I feel like that's the only way we see forward. We're like, okay, I'm here and I want, I want a higher trade-off. I want more income. I want to be more successful. So obviously I just have to keep saying yes to more things and I just have to keep killing myself and I just have to keep giving more and more and more and more, right? But what I did that first year was I took a whole month off. Instead of throwing myself into the trenches full speed ahead and just head down, like keep keep on more and more and more. If you want it, you keep gotta, gotta keep going. I took a whole month off. I blocked it off and I spent that month analyzing everything that I had been doing in my business, analyzing my pricing, my marketing, my target customer, my products, what everything, every little facet of what I was doing. And I really started to hone in on what was working and what was not working and where my business was actually being successful and what was holding me back. And after that month, after that month, I took off for planning. And it's funny because friends thought I was crazy. I have all my best friends are bakers and we talk and we tell each other what we're doing. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm taking a month off of orders. I'm saying no to everything for a month. And they were literally like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're so successful. Like you're getting all these orders and you're telling people no, like what's going to happen to your business? You're losing all the, all these customers. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay. Don't, it's okay. (laughs) I got this. So I took that month off, spent it planning, spent it working on my business, came back and every month since was averaging paying myself net. That's like that. After all the costs and expenses, my paycheck was 1500 to 2000 month after month after month. And I knew when I came back in in March, I'd taken off February. When I came back in March, I knew what I was going to be making in August and October and November because I was planning it. I was setting goals and I was being very strategic and intentional about how I was going to accomplish those. And I wasn't just letting my business kind of like take me by the seat of my pants, like fly by the seat of my pants. I was being very consistent and putting like real effort into it and making smarter decisions. They say it like you either work smarter or you're harder. And I think it's a combination of both. You do work hard as a baker. You do work hard as a business owner, but that can never compensate for also working smart. We can't just kill ourselves because the whole point we go into business as bakers is to enjoy our creativity, is to serve our families. And at the heart of everything that we want to do is just to feel so good in life. The reason why we want to sell a cake or sell cookies to someone is because it feels good. 
to be needed, to be validated. It is this beautiful experience that we create, not just for our customers, but for ourselves and the life that we get to build. But too often we sacrifice exactly what we're trying to get by running so hard trying to get it. You know, all that time and enjoyment we want with our kids and our family, we sacrifice it so readily. We sell it. We sell it for nothing again and again and again because we're chasing it. Do you, do you feel our type, type of one? Type of one in the chat if you feel that. If you felt that in your business, just drop a one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard little balance that we're in as bakers and as just as people, as humans. And so what we need to do is take control. Instead of letting your business run you, we're going to run the business, right? So let's talk about that. I started coaching. I started coaching um, a few years after after starting my baking business. And I, I just want to talk about why I do this for just a sec before we, before we jump into this recipe for success that we're going to talk about. Um, because I think too often people, there's like this funny myth about coaching. Everybody's a coach these days, you know, there's, there's like a million coaches out there. And my hope is that you can see that this isn't a gimmick that me showing up to teach you is genuine because a lot of people get this idea that when when you come in as a coach it's about oh you couldn't actually sustain what you were doing and so you start coaching because that's where that's where the more the money is and that's easier than actually doing the thing but the reality the reality for me is that after I got to that point where I was making consistent money I was looking around at all the other bakers. I was looking around at all the other women, all the other mothers who were trying to do this. And they're my sisters. I, I'd just gone through everything that they were trying to do. And I had been blessed with a gift of not, not only being able to develop my skill as a baker, but also as a businesswoman. I had learned so much, learned that it's not about luck. It's not about just coincidence but that you can actually make this happen. And dang it, I'm bringing every woman I can with me. Uh, this is meant to be shared and this is meant to be just spread. I wanna see every single one of you be able to take control of your lives and take control of your business. So that's what this is about. That's why I'm here tonight with all of you. And I hope that you can feel that. And then even at the beginning of this year, I wanted to prove that one step, for, one step further. Some of you have been watching as I started a whole new baking business from the ground up just to prove and put to test everything that I teach. This recipe that we're going to talk about, I, I did it myself. I went through the steps and I started a whole new baking business in an entirely new town, a town of 6,000 people which is tiny <laughs> and with a whole new portfolio, no connections. And within two weeks, I had my first order. It was a $500 order and it was a great marketing opportunity and it led me to my next order. And it's been, it's been incredible. It's been so amazing to watch how I could, I could do it again. And it wasn't luck. The first thing, the first time it happened, it wasn't luck. There really is a strategy. And there really is 
a formula for this. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that is. And as we go through this, you guys, you can definitely pop in the chat. If you've got questions, go ahead and drop them in there. I'm going to answer as many as I can as we go throughout this session. And then at the very end, we're going to have a little bit of Q&A. And I want to answer, again, as many questions as you can. This is this is your time to, to really capitalize on, on my attention and, and my knowledge. I want to just share that with you. Um, so I, I started coaching, I started teaching and I had a student and her name was Tara and I love Tara. She's just like the funnest, cutest little mom. She has, oh man, it's five or six kids. I can't, I can't remember. You lose count after, after a time, but she was a friend of my mom's and she'd come to some of my classes and, um, she asked if she could have a private lesson together. And so I went over to her house and I taught her how to make, um, my lemon raspberry cake with the pink and yellow ombre and lemons. And it was so fun. And then, um, I had recommended to her one of my favorite cake books, which is by America's test kitchen. It's called the perfect cake. And I really love this book because each recipe, they have like an explanation of why they add what they do and a little bit of the history with it, which I think is so fun to know. So I'd recommended this book to her and she starts making um, cakes in it. And I get this message from her one day and it's a picture of these totally like just exploded cakes. They like didn't rise at all. They're like totally just dead, dead cakes sitting in the oven. And she's like, I tried one of the recipes in that book you recommended. And this is what happened. Like, what did I do wrong? What do you think the first thing I asked her was? Drop it in the chat. What do you think? What was the first thing I would ask her? If someone came to you and was like, what, what went wrong with my recipe? What, what would you ask them? baking soda did you follow the directions yeah you you would want to read their recipe because there's a million recipes out there you would want to know if they followed the recipe and what the recipe was that was the first thing I said I'm like send me the recipe let me let's see what was in this and then let's go through one by one these ingredients and see where it went wrong. And it was really funny how she was like, I did that. I promise you, I did everything right. And I was like, okay, well, this looks like this might've happened, but, and then I get a text like a few hours later and she's like, oh, I used a tablespoon instead of a teaspoon for, for the baking soda or the baking powder. Um, and so, it was really funny how she had thought, you know, she had thought she'd done everything to see where the problem was and the answer lied in the recipe and what, which ingredient went wrong. Business is the same way. Business is the exact same way. There are ingredients that you need to include in order to see success in your business. And us as bakers, we bake and we start usually not because we love running a business, but because we like being in the kitchen. We like what we get to create. And so naturally we get very, very focused on the product, the product, the product, the product. What does it taste like? What does it look like delivering it? And, and that is like kind of where our brains stop a lot of the time. And that's equivalent to pulling out a recipe for chocolate chip cookies and just scooping in flour and basically ignoring the rest of the recipe. 
we're scooping in flour with the product, the product, the product. That's all we're focused on. But there are other ingredients besides just the product in order to have success as a baker in business. The product is one of them, but let's talk about what the other ingredients are because you need all of them. You need this kind of they all interconnect. It's all a harmony of these ingredients. The same way when you bake cookies, like the eggs that you add, they give volume, they add liquid, they help the, the stretchiness of it with their protein that they have. You add the sugar for sweetness and it binds up the water and it gives it texture and browning and the flour and its gluten structure, like they all interact and interconnect and you need all of those ingredients and the same happens in business. So what is this recipe for success? The first ingredient, the first thing that you want to have, and I've, I've organized these ingredients, I always lay them out in kind of a specific order. It is most important, but also easiest to like check off because I never want anyone to feel like crap crap, crap, that falling behind sensation. I never want someone to feel like, ah, but I've got to like know how to do this perfectly before I go forward because that's not what we're doing. We are working on each of these steady, steadily, consistently building up our skills and our understanding. And so this recipe, these six ingredients I want to talk about, they're listed in order of importance, but also in order of like the ease to be able to complete them and to be able to work on them. And that'll make sense as we go through them, but I just wanted to preface with that. So the first ingredient that you need in order to succeed is a plan. And your plan, it involves more than just like setting goals. It also involves your mindset, and how you're thinking about being in business, because everything starts in your mind. If you don't believe you're going to be able to run a successful business, then you will never have the right thoughts to be able to take the right actions to be able to make success a reality. Like if you think about that, if you really break it down, if you don't believe that you're going to get orders, then you're not going to take every initiative to put yourself out there and to show up and to connect with people and to get those orders because you already don't believe that you can. And if we look around, if we look around at entrepreneurs in general, at business people in general, at successful people in the world in general, people come from all walks of life. People come zero money, zero school, hard family situations. You can find evidence for people having success no matter where they start from and you can find evidence for people failing no matter where they come from and so the reality is it's not about what resources you have available to you it's not about saying like oh but you know I don't have the money to really grow a business or like oh but I didn't go to pastry school so I'm never going to get there it's about switching that in your brain and going like how can I it's not about can't, it's about how could I do that? And the more you slip into that mindset, that fuels being able to create this plan and being able to take all the rest of the steps. Our brains literally work like an algorithm. We know a lot about algorithms because we're on Instagram, we're on social media. And what happens if you start to like a lot of posts that are similar? You start to see more of that on your feed. That's what the algorithm does. It gives you more of what you're focusing on. I was looking for a dress 
this last week, I was looking to buy a dress. And so I was, you know, searching and now my Facebook, every other post is a dress ad for some different dress company. Cause that's how, that's how their algorithms work. That's how the searches work. It gives you more of what you're focusing on, but our brains are the same way. Whatever we focus on is what we're going to find evidence of. So if you are always focused on why it's hard, why it's impossible, why you just don't have what it takes or what it needs for success, you're going to find evidence for that. Your brain's going to be like, oh yeah, let me, let me pull up a bajillion examples of evidence to back up what, what you're thinking and how, how hard this is. But if you can find a way to change your brain and think about this differently and, and think, just phrase it as a question, how could I get more orders? How could I be successful? How, like, why, why am I so successful? How come I've come this far? And as you start to think that way, your brain is like, oh, let me find all the evidence I can to support that. It's going to give you more of what you're focusing on and you're going to see more success. You're going to see more evidence of like, wow, this is working. And there are people who can do it just like me. And that's what your brain will tell you. It's like that algorithm. So whatever you focus on, that's literally what's going to become your reality. So it all starts in your head. So as you're making your business plan, you're thinking about goals, but you're thinking about your mindset too. You're thinking about what, what's the mission that you want to accomplish with your business? Because like, like I've said before, too often we fly by the seat of our pants, right? We let it go whichever way the wind wants to take us instead of really like harnessing it and saying like, this is where I, this is like the outcome that I'm hoping to have. I want to be able to fulfill my creative passion and serve people because I want people to enjoy their lives. I want them to have an experience. And then everything you do in business centers on that. It comes back to that. A business plan includes policies and procedures around your business. You kind of just lay out a little roadmap for yourself. And it's not even about predicting the future. It's not about knowing exactly what you're going to do and how, but it at least gives you some momentum. It gives you a direction and, and things to focus on. So the first thing, the first ingredient to success is having a plan, just having a simple plan to help you move forward. The second ingredient for success is your product. There you go, bakers. That's where we shine. We love the product, but it's not just about the product, right? It's not just about how pretty our cake decorating is or how pretty our royal icing cookies are. It's also about our production processes because the faster and more efficient and better you get at production, a couple things happen. The faster you work, then the more money you're making in an hour and the more you can take on because you're, you're doing things more efficiently. Not only that, but also up here again, the mental stress gets so much better. The better you get at production and the smoother you manage your processes, the less you have to stress. And that's a huge one. I think back to some of my first orders. I think of my first wedding cake where it was smooth sides. And I spent two hours alone trying to get those smooth sides and crisp edges. And it was like, I don't even know if I can pull this off. And every little kink in the frosting was driving me crazy. And it took me two hours just to do those sides. So you can imagine it was a long process for the, 
the rest of the cake as well. And now you, I could whip that out in like an hour, you know, like have the from start to finish, have a two tier cake done smooth sides and just be like, yeah, no, I just put that cake together. And it's, it, there's a mental shift there too, as you start to master your production, which kind of just comes with time. You're on a learning curve. And that's a beautiful thing. Like you can give yourself grace wherever you are and know that if it was hard today, it's okay. Cause tomorrow it's going to be easier because you learned something and you got better and little by little by little, you move up that learning curve and you get faster and you get more efficient. So the product, it's about your product. It's about selling what people want. And it's also about having an efficient production process to help your business run smoothly. The third ingredient for success is your price, which is our favorite, favorite topic as bakers. We love money, right? Don't you guys just love money? Drop a one in the chat if you love money and drop a two if it makes you dang uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe we've got some double ones and twos. Yeah, <laughs> both. We love it, but we hate it. We've got like this really funny love-hate relationship with it. It's like we need it, but it scares us out of our pants. What's up with that? Why are we so scared of money? Why does it make us so uncomfortable, especially as women? We attach so many unnecessary emotions to money and to price, when in reality, it's just about math and it's about value. It's about value. When you charge for somebody, they perceive it as a higher value when it's higher priced. And you show up better when you're paid better. It's an energy trade-off. Having your price set in the right spot is very key for obvious reasons to your success as a baker. There's three things you're trying to accomplish when you price out your products, whatever it is you sell, whether you're selling cake or cookies or cake pops or classes, whatever you sell, I use the same method to price. I cover my costs, all of the expenses of creating that product. I compensate myself, me, my only employee for my time, for my labor. And then I keep profit in the business, money for the business so that the business can grow. And those are the three things that you want to achieve with your price. And when you do those, it sets you up for success. So that's ingredient number three. Number one, your product. Number, or number one, your plan. Number two, your product. Number three, your price. The fourth ingredient for success is your marketing. It's really funny how often we leave whether or not we get orders up to chance. And we just kind of wait. But we also feel, sometimes we feel like we've done everything we can to be able to get orders. And just a few weeks ago, I was teaching um, a wedding cake workshop with Kayla Bullard. Were any of you there? Drop a one if you were there um, at the wedding cake menu SOS little workshop that we did. It was incredible. It was such a great session together. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that some of you were able to be there. And we had a question from a baker. Her name is Tatiana and she actually lives right down the street from me. It was funny. We got to meet in person afterwards, but she'd asked, she's like, I've done everything. I did all the branding. I've done all the, the work and I'm still not seeing the orders that we want. And then Kayla was like, well, have you met the people who own the venues? Like, do you have their phone numbers? And she was like, no, I don't. And she's like, well, take them to coffee, go sit down with them, have a meeting, like get to know them. And Tatiana was like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I never thought about that. And I think that what happens is that we wear so many hats as, as business owners, as bakers, we're baking, we're taking photos, 
we're, you know, creating marketing things, we're delivering cakes and cookies and it's just like 24 seven, we're in our heads running our business. We feel like we have done literally every single thing that we can. And the funny thing is people just still don't know that we exist. People, there are so many customers. If you could fill a room with your potential customers who would order from you tomorrow, you would be blown away by how packed that room would be. And the reason why those people haven't ordered from you is because they just don't know that you exist. When they look for that product or that service, you're not in their line of sight. You, there's not a map to find you. There's not a trail to find your business. And so marketing is about being in, very intentional about who you're trying to speak to, who is your customer, where are they, how do you serve them, and then placing yourself where they can find you, making yourself discoverable so that you can actually get those orders. So marketing is the fourth. And then the number five, we have customer service. This is overlooked often, so often. And I'm not sure why, because we are customers. We go through the process of being customers and we know what it's like when we're not treated well or when we're like confused about what's going on. Heck, I walk into Subway sometimes and I'm like, I don't remember how to order here. And they just stare at me. And I'm like, can you, can you tell me what the bread options are again? Like, can you walk me through this? <laughs> and that's what customer service is all about. <laughs> it's about providing not just a product, but an experience for the people who come and order from you that they can trust you because you, you show up as a professional. Oh, did I freeze? Am I frozen, you guys? Am I frozen? Can anyone still hear me? Oh, sorry. It froze on my end. Can you hear me now? Are we good? Yay. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. I'm so sorry, you guys. I don't know what's up with the internet today. Um, customer service is all about creating that experience so that they can trust you because you communicate well and you, you care about them. Like they feel like when they put their hard earned dollars into your hands that they trust that you're going to come through because of the way you pre presented yourself. And it's funny because I mean, like I'm the out of home baker and I, I always champion the home bakers, but I teach you to show up as if you were any brick and mortar that anyone who comes to your page or to your website or to your business card, they would assume that you have a shop because that's how professional you show up. And that's not about like hoodwinking people, but it's just about having good branding, good professionalism and good customer service that you feel like you're a real business because we get this kind of funny stigma and this bad rap is home bakers where people think, oh, you're from home. Like they, I don't even know if they realize it's happening, but they don't want to pay because their trust isn't there. They assume if you're at home, you don't have a boss like monitoring production. You don't have someone like making sure you're showing up and following through and backing you up if you can't complete it they sense that. And so the better you can show up as a professional and communicate well, not only will you get more orders booked, you'll get them booked faster. You'll get them booked more willingly. You'll have less people squabble about your pricing and it'll be a much funner, happier process on both sides for the customer and for you.
So that is the fifth ingredient for success is customer service. And the sixth one, the kind of crowning jewel of it all for this recipe for success is financial management. And this is different than just pricing because now you've, you've got your plan, your product is good, you've priced it well, and you've marketed it. So people are coming and your customer service is good and they're booking and the revenue is there. But if you're not managing it well, then your business is gonna flatline real fast and you won't be able to grow it the way that you want. It's not just about making money, but it's about knowing what to do with the money that lands in your pocket, right? What about taxes? What about insurance? What about setting aside savings? How do you pay yourself? How does all that work? Understanding the financial management aspect helps you really take control of the growth. It helps you take your business where you want it to go. And that one, is a it's like a harder one to learn on your own. <laughs> All of these might seem a little hard to learn on your own. How do we feel about that recipe? How are you guys feeling? Drop a one if you feel good. And then if you have a question about that recipe so far, go ahead and drop your question in the chat. Any questions about those ingredients for success? Okay. So many of you, good, we're feeling good. Stacy feels good, Narita feels good. It's really simple and I, I love it because <laughs> we understand recipes as bakers, we get this. If you can fine tune each of those six ingredients in your baking business, you will have success. You really will because you'll make the right pivots, which is like shifting, you'll go in the right directions, you'll take the right actions, and you, you'll keep working on it until you get it where it's supposed to go. Whatever, whatever you're struggling with goes back to one of those ingredients. Whatever the problem is that you're like, oh, this is the challenge I'm facing. I'm just, I'm not very good at the production part yet, or I don't really know how to manage my money yet. Then it goes back to that recipe. And I'm seeing people ask, so how do we have these steps? Is there a guide? And yes, yes, there is. Some of you have seen me talking about this. I just built an entire program called the Business School for Bakers that is built on this recipe, the recipe that I've used for my first baking business. It's the recipe that I used for my second one to get orders like in weeks. I was, and I've made, you know, almost $2,000 in revenue within the first few weeks of business. It's the same recipe. And so I've built it into this program and I'm going to show you, you guys get a little sneak peek into it. Um, I'm going to share my screen and let me see how to do it. Stop that. Who's seen, who's seen me talk about the business school? Who's excited for it? Drop a one if you're excited. I'm dang excited. This is gonna be the way. This is gonna be the way that you master it all. Okay, basic. Yes, you guys, it's, it's good. Okay, sharing the screen. Let me show you what's in the business school and how it works. Cause this is, there we go. Can you guys see that? Can you see my screen? So my goal is that you get there faster than I do, because like I told you, you are my, you're my sisters. I want to see you be able to make the money you want. I want to see you be able to have success. And so I spent 
the past year building each of these resources and putting them into the business school, which is like a fun thing in and of itself. Because when I started coaching and teaching, I'm just going to say I had no idea how to build a website. I didn't know how to film a course. And I learned as I went, it was exactly the same as learning to cake decorate. Like you just start somewhere and build your skills little by little and it gets better and better and better. You get better at it. Like it's funny how that applies to every single thing in life. So I built this business school to follow that recipe exactly to help you build those foundations of understanding how to plan, understanding entrepreneurship, understanding home bakery production. So when you, oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. Am I frozen again? Can you guys see me? I'm sorry about the tech. Are we good? Can we all hear me? Just give me like a wave. We're good, cool. Um, when you get into the business school, I'll tell you right off the bat, it's a one-time payment of $239. That's it. One-time payment gets you access to the whole school. Think of it like a semester at a university. That's kind of how I built it. People always used to ask me, <laughs> they still ask me, should I go to pastry school if I want to, you know, build up this business or should I go to business school? And I'm like, honestly, no, like there's really nowhere to learn all of these principles specifically for bakers. And so that's why I built this. So it's a one-time payment of 239 and you get access to the whole thing. And then if I add any content, if I add any courses or books, you get automatically get access to that as well. Um, so when you, when you get into the school, when you enroll, this is like your student portal right here. And then this is where you find the recipe for success. There's a little welcome. And then as you go down, there's planning. And there is here, there's planning, there's legals, home bakery production that talks about the product, there's pricing. So all of these about pricing, which are so, so dang good. It goes over money mindset. It goes over ingredient cost, supplies cost, overhead cost. It goes over how to negotiate prices, offering discounts. It's got the marketing module. So it's all organized into modules that follow this recipe exactly. And when you get to marketing, I'm so excited because right now, currently, this is the only place that you can get my new book, which is called Keep the Orders Coming. And it is so good. It teaches you exactly how to craft your message, to build a brand, how to get yourself positioned. It gives you like 45 creative ideas on how to get orders as a baker in business. And that's the beautiful thing of all of these Um all of these courses and all of these modules, some of them are video courses, some of them are books, some of them are just audio lessons. I've kind of built a variety of content in there for every kind of learner. Um, so things that, like you can sit down and work on, but things that you can listen to in the kitchen, but it's all geared right toward bakers. It's like marketing for bakers, pricing for bakers, customer service for bakers. Um, so as you go throughout it, you see all of those ingredients, the pricing, the marketing, customer service, how to talk to customers is an ebook guide and it teaches you it teaches you how to be a professional communicator and how to book orders faster in like one to two messages with a client it's got a whole template library so that you don't have to sit at the computer and think like how do i respond to this person who wants a discount or how do i respond to somebody who wants to set up a consultation tasting like all of the verbiage all of the words are set out for you there so you can just copy and paste and tweak it as needed 
um, and then a whole lesson on finance management. I'm also going to be adding like a website building course and a, a tax management course as well, one that's all about taxes. Um, and so this will continue to just grow and grow and grow. And Rose, you asked if it includes a one-on-one -on -one coaching session. Um, this, is, this is something I wanted to ask you guys who are here tonight, because I've had a lot of people ask for one-on-one. -on -one. And when I, when I was building this business school, as I was talking to all the bakers who were interested, it was like they wanted, we wanted pre-recorded um, because we're all on different schedules and time zones. And I think we're afraid of commitment too sometimes. And so pre-recorded was kind of like what everybody wanted. Um, but now I'm, I, I know that you guys, there's so many of you who also want the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I'm curious if I were to offer like enrollment in the business school, plus like a coaching package with it, like you could enroll in the school, have all of the resources and then have like a one-on-one -on -one session. Or if it was like a group thing, like we all go at the same time and there's weekly, um, like weekly meetings where we go through each topic together would anybody want that it would like it would be at a higher a higher ticket a higher price than just the 239 but I'm so curious to know like if it was maybe a hundred dollars more but you got a one-on-one -on -one coaching session is that something you'd be interested in drop a one if you would be interested in that group meetings are good for Narita a one okay that's good to know because I really, I want to have some one-on-one -on -one meetings. I want to have a live component to this because you really, you need three things for success um, with this recipe. There's the recipe to success, but you, you need to hold on to three things as you go forward with it. You need the content, you need the information, which is what I built for you, but you need accountability and you need someone to give you the energy you need someone to say like, did you do your homework? Like, have you completed this course? And you need someone to be like, yes, you can do it. Yes, I believe in you. Like we need the rah-rah and we need all of that push in addition to the information. And so that's, that's where like a coaching component would come in. But I'm seeing a lot of ones, a lot of ones, small group meetings. Okay, so I'm, I'm probably gonna open up an option then that, I'm probably just like $100 more and we could do a one-on-one -on -one session or a group session. I'm going to think about that and add that in. Um, I think that's such good feedback, you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and I want to catch the questions that were right before this. Audrey was asking, are all the books digital or can we have hard copy mailed to us? At this time, all of the books are just digital eBooks um, because printing costs and I do eventually want to have um, some actual hard copy books of the books that I've written um, so that people can have them actually in physical form. There's something special about a physical book. I'm not going to lie. Um, so that's something that I'm definitely trying to work on in the future. But for now, for now, everything is digital here. I decided it was better to go forward and make this all available than like waiting till it was perfect, you know, waiting till it had every single thing. And so I wanted to put this out there for the bakers who need it now, instead of like waiting till I'm able to have all of all of those components, like hard copy books and things like that. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, sorry. Did I freeze again? I'm sorry if I froze again. So this is the business school. 
Um, it goes over again, all of that stuff. I'm so excited to open it up. Tonight is opening night for it. And so after this session, I will be emailing out the um, entry portal so that you can come into it and start your journey and get going like to, like to not have to wonder and try to figure it out on your own anymore. Um, this will literally walk you through every little bit and help you nail down everything you need in order to move forward with your business. And does anyone else have questions about the business school before we just kind of move on to general question and answer? I do want to say once you once you're in, you're in for life. You have lifetime access. It doesn't disappear. Um, and like I said, you will be able to get all of the content that I continue to add and all of the courses that get added. So this, this is a special price for you guys because you're my founding members. You're my first ones in the door. You're my first bakers to join the school. Um, so I'm, I'm opening it up at 239. That is the enrollment price today. And that will be open for the next week at 239. And then after two, after Tuesday, the 25th, then the price will go up to 297 and it'll, it'll be just kind of open for everybody. Um, but you're like my founding members, you're my, my special first people. And so I definitely want to give you guys that, that first benefit of being my, my first students in the course. Um, Sierra asked if we've already bought several of your courses, any chance of a discount so we're not paying the same thing twice. Yes, I do have um, an alumni discount. And so if you have taken a previous course from me, when I send, when you get that email tonight, that's like the business school is open, just reply to that with the word alumni. And I will send you the alumni checkout so that you can, um, again, not pay for it twice. Like if you've already bought Pricing Mastermind, then you get a little bit of a discount because that's part of this course. Um, great, great question. Uh, if we have a, any questions about, so, oh, I don't, I don't know how to say your name and I'm really sorry if I say it wrong. Is it Souk? S-U-K-H. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Um, with my name being Brett, people say it wrong all the time. I get Brit and Brite and every kind of thing. So I, I understand that. Um, she asked, if we have any question about a video course, how do we reach out to you? You can always reach out to me on Instagram. A lot of you probably know that I am there in my DMs. And if you send me a question, I will reply with a voice message. Um, I'm always there, happy to answer. And so if you, if you have any questions as you go throughout, um, I'm here to help answer those for you. I do get probably sometimes close to 50 DMs a day. So if I'm slow to answer, just give me a little bit of patience and I promise I'll get to your questions um, on Instagram. Um, let's open it up. I wanna have just a moment to talk with you guys about the business school, but about any questions you have. Um, where are we on time? It's only eight o'clock. Um, thank you, Kim. Kim says I'm I'm good at answering questions on IG on Instagram. I'm glad I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, I it's funny to me because I'll people will ask me questions and I'll send them a voice message and they're like, you actually replied. And I'm like, well, it, I thought it was cool that you sent me a question. Like I'm <laughs> for me, it's like I'm I'm just a mama sitting in her kitchen over here, and it's cool that people people want to interact. And I think that's really fun. Um, 
So as soon as we end this session, I will send out the link for the business school. I'm super excited to invite you guys in. And now I just want to have a little bit of Q&A just about baking business in general. I think we can have maybe 10 minutes of questions and answers. I'm going to unshare my screen. There we go. And okay, if you have a question about anything we've talked about tonight, go ahead and drop it in the chat. And I'm actually, I'm gonna bring you, I'm gonna unmute you so you can ask your question. We've got 10 minutes before we wrap up. And I just wanna take a second to talk you through whatever it is that's on your mind with your business, with your baking, with the business school, whatever you wanna ask. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm gonna unmute you, my friend. Let's see if I can find that. Can I, oh, oh, it just says Zoom user, that's why. Um, that's a pretty, it's a good question though. So the ingredient number six, she says, what is the insurance that you're talking about? Is it health or business insurance? Such a good question. So when I mentioned insurance in the financial management ingredient, that was ingredient number six, um, I mentioned like taxes and insurance and stuff like that. I was talking specifically about um, business insurance. That is insurance that would cover liability for you as a business were somebody, heaven forbid, to sue you or if people got sick from your product. Insurance is always one of those like just in case kind of things. And I didn't think about insurance for my business until I was like two years in. It was after the COVID pandemic. And so everyone was already a little bit like on edge about liability and health and making people sick. And I was starting to host like in-person events. And that's when I was kind of like, maybe I should have something. Maybe I should, <laughs> I'm inviting 50 people to come and eat all my desserts. I should maybe have some insurance. Um, and that's, so that's when I looked into it. Um, and that, that year that I got insurance, I was paying like $38 a month for my business insurance. I don't remember exactly what the coverage was, but I do talk about it. When you, when you get into the business school, there's two ways you can learn more about this. I have a book called Baking by the Rules. It goes through cottage food law, business registration, taxes, and insurance. It walks you through all of that, helps you understand how to approach it, how to fulfill those requirements for your business, regardless of whatever state you live in, it will help you figure each of those components out. So if you do wanna learn more about insurance a little bit more, I dive into it in that book. So you can get either that book or it's in the business school. And so you get access to that book when you enroll for the business school. And you can learn more about those. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to continue to add content. The book is there and I'm definitely going to add a video that talks more about taxes um, and goes into how to like plan for the taxes you're going to owe and how, like what write-offs you can do and how to work with an accountant and stuff like how to track all your expenses. I'm going to actually make a video for that that's going to go into the business school in the next week is when I'll be uploading that. Um, but like this, this week I finished my taxes. It was like the last thing on my to-do list and I owed $6,000 as a business owner. And guess what? I paid it. I paid it super easy because I've been saving for it all year. I had $6,000 sitting there waiting for my taxes and 
let me tell you too, like, don't be scared. You're going to owe $6,000 as a business owner. Cause I run two businesses and my husband's business. And so with all of our freelance combined, that's why we owed so much, but because we had been planning for it, it was, it was not hard to pay. Um, okay. Next question. Megan asked, do you have a favorite way or app that you like to use to price out ingredients per product? I do it myself. And that's what I teach in my pricing mastermind course for anyone who's taking that. They know I teach you not, I don't just teach you like how to come up with a number. I teach you to really understand where it comes from. And so I just use, have used my own spreadsheet, my own workbook to do my pricing. And I've, I've done it enough and I've, I've gotten pretty good at it to where I almost don't even write it down. I just kind of calculate it off the top of my head. Um, but the reason why I'm not like a super fan of pricing calculators, because even if it spits out a number that covers your costs and that compensates you and is, is plenty to make a profit when you're just given a number, you don't know what to do with that money. And that's where it ties to the financial management because pricing informs how you manage your money. And so if you're just given this number from a pricing calculator, you don't know how much money do I need to be having in my account for ingredient purchases? And what am I setting aside for business profit? And what am I paying myself out of that? Um, I feel like it's okay to use a pricing calculator, but I think you should understand what is driving those numbers and how it gets calculated. And that's why I teach that in Pricing Mastermind, which again, every, all of my courses, you can buy them individually or you can get them in the business school. So if you're like, I need the whole thing, the business school is the way to go. Um, but Pricing Mastermind covers in depth all of that, pricing out ingredients, pricing out overhead, pricing out your profit, your delivery fees. And then I do a custom example where I'm like, my customer wants this cake. Let's do it together. And I'll show you how I come up with a price. Because when I am meeting with customers, I go and I sit down with my clients during a consultation. At the very end of it, I've got like three minutes to spit out a price that's going to make sense. And I'm like, here's my booking contract. You guys read that. I'm just going to do a little calculation. And by the time they're done reading that booking contract, I need to be able to tell them a price. And so using my pricing mastermind formula, I'm able to do that. Um, and it works really well. So you can learn that either by just getting into Pricing Mastermind or you can get it through the business school. Um, Sierra asked, I came in late. No worries, girl. Um, the recording will be available so you can catch what you missed. Um, she doesn't know if this was covered, but I was just trying to do my legal stuff and wondering if I should make my business an LLC or a sole proprietorship. Okay, this is really good. So this goes into business registration. Now, if we were to define all of you by like the legal definition of what a business is, if you are exchanging money for any kind of goods or service by legal definition, you are a business and therefore require business registration. If you're still in the, if you're like, I take one order every three months, it's just kind of friends and family, then you might not be ready for that step yet. But I definitely encourage everybody to have that on the radar to be able to get your business registered. Business registration is about two things. It's about tax liability, making sure you're paying the proper taxes. Oh, it says my internet's unstable again, you guys. Did I freeze? Am I frozen? Or are we good? I think we're good. 
Um, thank you, Brittany. <laughs> um, so business registration is about two things, that tax liability, it's the government making sure that you pay the proper taxes on your income and on your sales. And then it's also about liability. It's about who is the owner of the business and how that ownership is divided. And for us as these like small in-home bakers, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Um, but the more your business grows, it starts to be more of a big deal. Um, it, it could define things like heaven forbid, were you to pass away, who takes ownership of your business? Who gets like the assets and the liquidation from your business? Or if something was to happen, who is in charge? Like, where does that liability fall? So that's what business registration kind of covers. And which one, which entity, so there's different entities that you can register your business as. The ones that we're most familiar with are an LLC, a limited liability corporation, or a sole proprietorship. And the differences between those are when you pay taxes and where the liability falls. So the idea between the two of those is when you're a sole proprietor, it's basically like you register your business name so that it's officially there and it's you and it's yours and you claim it, um, but it is lumped into your personal assets. So worst case scenario, if you were to get sued, the idea is that you could be sued for not just the business assets, but also your personal assets. There's no separation there. Um, an LLC is meant to to have that liability rest only inside the business. And it's supposed to like disconnect your personal assets from that. Now, which one you should register as, that requires professional legal counsel of a CPA or an attorney, which I am neither. And so I don't give that kind of um, advice, like, yes, you should be a sole proprietor. But I, I try to be as transparent as I can about what I've done and what I have learned from talking to my own attorneys and CPAs and people that I've met. Um, so I started my business as a sole proprietor because when I read through the definitions of what those were, I was like, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> and so I was a sole proprietor for like two years. And then again, it's kind of like with the insurance. As my business grew and my income grew, and I started doing events and doing coaching and having a lot more things going on. I was like, maybe I should think about being an LLC. And it's funny because I talked to two different people. I talked to an attorney and then I talked to um, someone at a small business development center. Now, if you guys have never heard of these, you need to find the one that's close to you. It's Small Business Development Center, the SBDC. And it's a program that's hosted throughout the United States. And they have these centers where if you're a small business owner, you can literally go and they have free resources for you. They've got attorneys, they have like mentors, and they have people who will help you. They, they teach you about funding. And like the one here, in Utah, there's several in Utah, like you'll find one somewhere where you live. Like I went to a lunch once that they hosted and they were like matching us up with mentors and we were getting to talk to people and talk about what our business was doing and get some outside opinions. Um, and they have attorneys that just work there at the SBDC and you can call them and get free legal advice. Um, so that was really cool. And so I called one one day and, and we had a really good chat about an LLC because I was thinking about changing. And he, he gave me this advice. He said that with how small my business was, the LLC wasn't going to do what I hoped it would do if I was ever in a legal situation. Um, where my liability was needed to be defined. 
he said, because my business assets were not very big, it wasn't really going to offer that protection that I thought it was. And so his advice to me was to stay a sole proprietor. Um, but I did actually, a year later, I turned my business into an LLC because now, now I've got the out-of-home baker and I've got Hobble Creek cake and I've got Salt Creek cake. And so I just wanted to put them all under one umbrella. So that's what I did with my LLC. And then my CPA that I'm working with, we're meeting tomorrow and she is actually talking about turning me into an S corporation, an S corp. So tomorrow I'll learn more about that. Um, but it really kind of comes down to just consulting a professional um, who can give you some legal advice there. But hopefully it's helpful to like, just hear what someone else has done and the advice that I've been given. Um, it's funny because all of this business stuff, like taxes and registration and all that, it comes down to interpretation. And it comes down to like the story that you're trying to tell legally with your business. It's funny how it's really not as black and white as we tend to think it is. And it just like depends on how you want to have it set up. Um, so definitely check, like just call, call a law office near you and say, hey, I'm a small business owner. I have a bakery. I was wondering about becoming an LLC. Like, is there someone I can talk to? And they'll probably talk to you for free and just give you some advice. Um, hopefully that helps answer your question, Sierra. Um, Missy asked, how do you stay so positive? Do you ever have moments of doubt or are you finally at a place where confidence comes naturally? I always feel intimidated by the work of other bakers and think my work is not as good. This is such a good question. Short answer, yes, of course, I am human. I definitely have those moments of discouragement and moments where I'm like, am I even doing anything valuable? Like, am I just a little bit crazy? I've had customers not like my orders and those ones hurt and they stick hard. It's really, really funny how you can have a hundred happy customers, but that one unhappy, one unhappy customer, like for some reason you place higher, I can't think of the word, like higher stake in what that one unhappy person said. Um, there's a couple of things that I've done to stay positive. Number one, I meditate. And that might sound a little weird, a little hokey, but every successful person that you probably know or follow, they meditate <laughs> because our lives are so hustle and bustle and run, run, run. And sometimes what we really need to do is just stop. And like meditating is about being in the present and it's about untangling all of the stock you put into other people's opinion about your worth and your validation. And it's about really just feeling the infinite magical being that you are like one in a billion to exist in this moment. And so I try to do that as often as I can. And that really brings me into a good headspace. Um, I follow and interact with people who encourage me. My best friends are all other bakers and we have the best time. We'll meet up for dinner or for, for a tree and we'll stay out till like midnight. And we just talk about everything that's going on and having that support system is really huge. Um, having people who understand your life is really great. And when I first started baking, I was scared of other bakers and I felt like every new person who came onto the scene, I felt like they just took away from my opportunity to have success. 
but a good friend of mine, and maybe you've heard this on my podcast, I share this story, but my friend Cherie, who was not my friend at the time, she was a competitor, asked if she could have a private lesson with me. And I was like, girl, you're my competition. I'm not teaching you. (laughs) And that was my knee-jerk reaction. But for some reason, when I responded to her, I was like, yeah, in fact, don't pay me. Let's just hang out. Why don't I just come over? We can make cake together. And we got together and we had the best time ever. And for the first time in my life, somebody understood why I was so anal about buttercream being made this way and why customers were so difficult to work with and this and this and this. And it was the like we became instant best, best baking friends ever. <laughs> and we still hang out to this day. And it's just it's so good to interact with with the people who understand what you're doing and build that support system. Um, I want to say, if I was going to say one other thing that helps you stay positive is I look at everything I do like a science experiment. And I don't treat anything as like, this is my one big shot. I really feel like whatever I do, no matter what the outcome is, there's something to gain from it. And I look back on the time when I had a cake fall over and I couldn't get it standing again. And I gave a refund to the customer. I think back on that and I realize it sucked (laughs) and it's okay to give yourself some, some grace period to like, to cry about it, to mourn it, to feel that grief. Like that's okay. You don't have to be a robot who is happy all the time and like, cry my cake tipped over. It's all good, guys. Like, it's okay to cry your tears. That's really, really good to do. Um, but then you have to you have to go back into it and say, okay, what did I learn from this? How can I change the outcome next time? How can I get better from this? And just knowing that everybody has those fails. I don't believe in failure. I literally do not because even from the things that went wrong, I I learned. And because of that cake that fell over, I went back to the drawing board and learned how to properly structure my cake so that that was like two years ago and it's never happened again since. I think about, you know, a customer who came to pick up her cake once and was visibly angry about what it looked like which was crazy because in the whole ordering process, she was so nonchalant about the design. She was like, oh, it's just for my daughter. She turned 12, it's not a big deal, do whatever you want. And then when she showed up, she very much cared about what it looked like. And that was a really big learning moment for me. Like it was uncomfortable and it was not fun and I did get discouraged. And I was like, okay, how can I stop that? So that doesn't happen again. And I definitely fine-tuned my communication so that I was always on the same, I'm always on the same page with my customers. They know what I'm doing. Um, I know what's important to them. And I never assume that I know what it is that they want. And then I started making cake sketches in Canva to send to my customers to be like, this is what I'm doing. Do you approve this? Um, And that way, again, they've got a visual and it's, it's about that communication. The more that you can communicate well, the more mishaps you can prevent. And so all of those moments of discouragement turned into really good learning moments 
that were able to help me grow as a business owner and as a baker, and I'm able to teach them to you. So I really look at them as a gift. I see everything as a gift, that there is something, something to be gained from it. And I never see it as a sign of failure. If you have a moment of discouragement, or if you have something that goes wrong, you know, have, have in your mind already an idea of how you would solve something that went wrong. Like, okay, well, if this happens, then that's what I'm going to do. Even if it's like, if the order gets screwed up, I will graciously tell my customer, I'm so sorry, I'm not able to complete it. And I will give them a refund. And that's the best I can do. And just knowing, knowing that that's what you're going to do kind of just helps you have like a plan if something goes wrong. Um, and then just, yeah, knowing that it, it, it's all learning, it's all progress, it's all growth. And every single time you fail, you actually took a step forward. You actually got closer, got further than you would have if you had just stayed where you were. So that is my spiel about staying positive. Um, that kind of goes into best way to handle unhappy customers as well and to not take negative reviews too hard that Taylor asked. If you have an unhappy customer, this is the process I usually follow. I, I validate them. Like so many times, like think of the times you've been a customer and you've had a bad experience. Um, a lot of the times people just wanna be heard. I had a hotel double book me and charge me twice. And then I couldn't get a hold of anybody to tell them. And I was like, that, like that alone made me so frustrated. If somebody could have just picked up the phone and said, oh my gosh, that sucks. Like, let's see what we can do to fix it. Oh, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do to fix it. But I like, can we give, you know, can we give you like a discount on this? You know, something like, even if they couldn't fix it, if they'd just been like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, let's see what we can do to fix it. That's step number one. Just let them know that you hear them. Let them know that their concern is important to you. Um, the second thing I do if I have someone who's unhappy is I try and get all the information. Because a lot of times if they're just like, hey, I didn't like the cake, I want a refund. Like dig into that. Like what happened? Can you tell me more? Um, and they're like, oh, well, I left it on the counter overnight. And it's like, well, did you read the cake care instructions I left with it? No, okay. I, unfortunately I can't give you a refund. I'm really, really sorry that happened. Like, can, is there anything you feel like I could do? You know, just talk it out and know that you're not always gonna be able to make them 100% happy. And that's okay. It's okay. Cause that really, that's just, that's mortality. That's the human world that we live in. Like we're not hundred percent of the time going to please every single person that exists on this planet. And it's, it's being able to handle that professionally, being able to make your customer feel heard, gathering all the information that you can, and then choosing the way you want to proceed based off of that circumstance. Because I don't think there's a one size fits all solution for when you have an unhappy customer. It's not just like, okay, refund, 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 or no refund. Like, I think you can feel it out and go case by case. Um, but hopefully as you kind of take into mind being professional, hearing your customer and just gathering all, all that information, that'll help you really deal with situations um, without it like weighing so heavy on you. And as artists, because we are artists, our, often our, our own like self-worth kind of gets wrapped up in our creations. And so it's hard, like when people are saying, I didn't like what you made, it's like they're saying, I don't like you, like you are the problem. And that's hard. 
And so really like when I deal with unhappy customers or bad situations, I put on my customer service hat. I'm like, okay, I am no longer Brett the Baker. I am the customer service department. Like, how can I help you? And I try to just remove myself personally from it because when they're unhappy with their product, it really has nothing to do with you. A lot of times it might even have to do with like other things that happened at their event that they were so mad about that they're like the slightest problem with their order was just like the, the, I can't, I can't say idioms. The straw that broke the camel's back. Is that what it is? Did I say it right? (laughs) My husband makes fun of me because I literally can't say idioms. I say the dumbest things and it's like stuff just comes out of my mouth. One time I told him, I was like, it's like looking for a needle in a pile of dirt. And he was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then he's been writing them down. He keeps a list. One time I said, we're going to come out of the gate swinging. And he was like, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> so anyways, or I think what it, I, it was come out of the fence swinging. We're going to come out of the fence swinging. That's what I said. It wasn't swing for the fences or come out of the, it was combined. Anyways, I say really dumb things. The straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> if, if they were having a really bad experience and there was just like one small thing that tipped it over the scale, maybe that's what it's really about. So often... Often it's just not even about you, but we take it so personally. So trying to remove yourself personally from that. Okay, I'm gonna do one last question uh, before we wrap up. Oh, Diane, you asked, you're not based in the US, but you're interested in the business school. Is it still applicable? Absolutely, yes. This business school, every program, every book, every video I write isn't teaching you what I do. It's not about teaching you like, here is the perfect formula to to do exactly what I did. That's not what it's about. I teach you business strategy. I teach you how business works. And I teach you the principles. I teach you like this, this higher level deep dive of how it all works. And then you will have the tools you need to go, okay, this is my market. This is where I'm at. I'm gonna take everything I just learned and I'm gonna apply it here to myself. And that I always teach and create my content with that in mind. And there have been bakers from over 90 countries who have taken my courses and had success. And I have actually done private coaching with people in the Philippines, Trinidad and Tobago and the UK, all across the board. And so definitely it applies no matter where you are. There's just a few of those modules that are US-based, like the legals and the taxes. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about legals and taxes in other countries, but everything else applies to you no matter where you are in the world. Um, Okay, you guys, this has been so good. I hope that you have just had fun. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've gotten answers. I hope you feel inspired and I hope you're excited for the business school. I hope that you're ready to just go forward. If there's anything, I hope you take away from this, whether I'm your girl to teach you business or not, whether you're like, yeah, I don't really like your style or, you know, I don't feel like it's for me. Go and believe in yourself and learn it. If it's not for me, go learn it somewhere else. Like I want you to know that it's all right there in front of you. 
every everything is available to you if you just take those small steps forward. So whether you're going to get into the business school and start that program, whether you're going to go and learn it on your own, I want you to just hold that mindset that it is so possible. I've seen too much evidence of success of bakers of every walk of life selling every different product who are successful and it's it's not because they get lucky it's because they they believe in it and they move forward with it and they try until they figure it out and really just holding that kind of a mentality will drive you forward i'm really really excited to see what all of you do and I'm just cheering for you. So whether you get into the business school or not, please stay connected with me on Instagram. You can listen to my podcast, which is Business is Sweet. You can find me on YouTube at the Out of Home Baker. Um, I try my hardest to create all the resources I can. And the reason why, so I have a lot of free resources. Like obviously this was a whole free coaching night. But the reason why the business school is priced as it is at 239, it, it might seem like a scary investment, um, depending on you know where you are and a your money mentality and your um the comfortability with investing in your business. And it's not even just about me being able to be compensated for what I've built, but I know that when did I freeze again? it gave me an internet connection is unstable. Sorry, you guys. I know that when something is free to us, we don't utilize it to its fullest. And I've seen that. I've seen it too many times to ignore it. Um, last year, when I launched Pricing Mastermind, there were several friends of mine that I was like, hey, I would love for you to just go through the course and tell me what you think. And so I gave it to them for free and they still haven't touched it. I can tell you that. I can see who logs in. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's an incredible resource. It's helped people like triple their income and there it is sitting there. But because there was no commitment on the part of the baker, it hasn't served them. And I built this business school to serve you. And because it's pre-recorded, there has to be some way that you commit to yourself because when you pay that price and that investment, like, I'm not even a part of that. It's about you telling yourself, I'm in, I'm doing this and I'm going to work my butt off through, like, I am going to use every, every little bit of this that I can, because I just invested in it. And that's what happens. So that's why it's priced where it is so that you can have that accountability to yourself and hold yourself responsible for learning that content, because I want it to change your life. And that is what happens when you invest in yourself. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. And thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. You probably don't even know how much you inspire somebody else running your business and doing what you do. So you're all amazing. And I'm just even honored that you're here tonight. So watch for the business school. If you have any questions, please let me know and know that that founding member price, 239, it'll last until next Tuesday. We've got a week for that. Um, just as my little thank you for being here and for being the first people in the doors. So you're all amazing. And I'm sending you all the most love and good vibes for your businesses and just for your life. Thank you all. I love you. Have a good Tuesday. I'm like, what day is it? It's Tuesday. <laughs> See you guys.